Howdy there, my fellow distanced fellas. I'm Peyton Zignego with COVID Operation to bring you your daily dose of cheer. you look at that another week has flown past and it is friday once again friday has graced us with her glorious presence bringing the week to a close and unfortunately this will be our last covid for the week but don't worry don't worry i'll be back next week with a bang got a bunch of great stuff coming up for you most of which are surprises except for the fact that we are getting part two of the charles carpenter interview from yesterday that is coming Don't worry about that. You will hear it, and it is fantastic. However, that's not what we're doing today, because I have a schedule, and I think I should stick to it at least one or two of the days of the week, right? And also, what's the point in not making you wait? I have good stuff. I'm holding it hostage, and you'll get it at some point. So your hands are tied, buddy. I'm sorry. You got to keep listening to the show to find out when Charles Carpenter is coming back. So there you have it. Unfortunately, you have to listen. Okay, wait. No. Not unfortunately. Fortunately for you, you get to listen to my voice for, I don't know, I can't do math, like four more days before you get to hear Charles again. Or or maybe it's three. I'm not entirely sure as I am not very apt at math. I know this is basic edition, but yeah, I, I, I got nothing. I'm not doing this. So you just have to wait an amount of days and uh, it'll probably go by really fast because everything goes by so fast and so slow at the same time. I'm about to make a really obscure reference, so here we go. You know that scene in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs where he makes that jello pool and like they swim in it and it's that whole weird scene and everything is orange and jello-y? Yeah, that's what the week felt like to me, where it was both, huh, floaty and also zoom at the exact same time. Now, I know I compare time to jelly a lot on this show and that is odd because I... I don't know why, but forget what I said earlier about the whole squeezables jelly. No, it's jello. It is the orange jello from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's probably good because it's so obscure and the joke wasn't even really a joke. It was just a bad comparison. So, you know, bonus points for not getting it. Once again, I go to comedy school and this is the best I can do. So votes are up about if it's working or not. (laughs) Whoops. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's answer some questions, shall we? As you know, at least you should, because this is my show, and if you've listened to any more than one episode, I talk about this at the end of it. So, hey, listen to episodes all the way through if you haven't heard this plug before. But anyway, just as a repeat and a refresher, every Friday I host my Ask Peyton segment, and that means that throughout the week and on the weekends, if you're feeling raunchy, you can send in an email question to Peyton, P-E-Y-T-O-N, at storyarcark.org for me to be answering your questions on the air here, today, on Friday. So I've got some questions for myself to answer this week um, that were sent in. So thank you to everyone who sent in questions. I appreciate it greatly. And I also appreciate the fact that you listen to my show and listen all the way through. So, hey, bonus points for you, champ. Opening up the handy-dandy email inbox, which I think is my best friend, next to my mailbox, of course. But nothing really comes through there much anymore, unfortunately. Question number one comes from... Corey, who writes, Hey Peyton, what is your favorite style of writing? Do you prefer writing funny stories or do you like poems? Now this is actually a very good question um, because of course it is all questions are good questions. There are no bad questions, especially here on this show, but I digress. 
Anyway, this question is good because it's actually really interesting. So despite the fact that I am a comedy writer most of the time, I like to write sketches and satire pieces and all of that good stuff, I actually don't write a lot of quote-unquote funny stuff in my spare time. I actually do prefer writing poetry over, you know, like, comedical stuff. I think it's just solely on the fact that I exercise so much of that comedy part of my brain when I'm doing writing for anything else that when I'm just sort of writing in my free time, I usually stick to poetry and more flow of thought things. It is actually a tip given to me by a professor, and I sort of you know, uh, whittled it to how I wanted to interpret it. But it goes something like this, where you should write every day so that you get used to the feeling of writing and the feeling of letting all of your ideas that are up in your brain out onto paper. And I took it as being, you don't always have to be funny all the time and just write stuff because as long as you're producing content, you're basically doing what you're supposed to be doing as a writer. And nine times out of 10, you will find that what you're writing is actually funny and, you know, has some comedy merit to it, but that's not the point. The point is that you just have to write. You just have to make content no matter what it is, and you don't even have to show anybody. Like, I keep a personal little Google Doc open that just says, stuff from brain, and I just sort of type in whatever is happening up there just to sort of get it out there. So this is a really long-form way of saying that I just sort of prefer the writing of brain blurb, not necessarily focusing on comedy. Also, it's not really poetry either. I sometimes format it like it is, but it doesn't. It's free form poetry, which just means it's me brain farting all over the page and going, yeah, you know what? Poetry. But hey, you know, that's the point of poetry, right? Is that it's sort of whatever you want it to be. Yeah, sure. However, I will say that thanks to my radio class that I've been taking, I have found a interesting love in radio essay writing which is basically, like I said before, just sort of brain farting all over a page into a sort of condensed format that fits a time frame. It's really fun, and surprisingly, you get a lot of good ideas coming out of it because you're just sort of generating ideas and pushing them out without thinking about it, and actually will come out with some pretty funny stuff. So really, it's just cranking stuff out there, and you've got funny stuff inside you, you just gotta push it out there. And also you have to let yourself not be restrained by trying to be funny, which I find problems with a lot when I'm trying to write comedy stuff. And I think that's why I actually don't ever try to write comedy, because the harder I try, the less funny I think I am. So when I'm just sort of letting whatever is inside come outside, it actually ends up being funnier than all the things I try to write when I am being funny. Further follow-up, I also just like writing radio scripts because I think they're really fun and you can do whatever you want with them. And again, it's another good way to just sort of push stuff out there. So I guess my final answer is anything that I can just make my brain make some brain noises and let it out into the world. It's basically like doodling, but for your mind and for the words in your mind. I like brain doodling. That's my favorite style of writing. Also, here's a funny tidbit. So you know how Google email has those little like pre-made responses at the bottom of the email that you could choose to send out? Um, the ones for this question are, I'm fine with either. Either is fine and love it. So I don't know what that means, but I guess if you don't like the answer I gave, which is drawn out long and has a lot of complicated symbols and metaphors in it, you can just go with one of those. So there you go, Corey. You get a bunch of different answers and I hope you enjoyed at least one of them. All right, our next question is actually in the same vein, I would say. It's about stories. So this one comes from Turtle. Once again, quick thank you for your continued support and question asking. I appreciate it greatly. But 
to get to your question. Turtle writes, what's your favorite story and why? This is a loaded question for me because I have a passion for so many stories. I, I'm taking this one to sort of mean, I would say, like books or anything that has a general storyline. I'm going to cover a lot of media. Let's take it away, Peyton. Thanks, Peyton. My favorite book is actually a triple tie of three titles, so I'll go over those. Number one is The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. This book is amazing. It's got a bunch of flowery symbolism because it's Oscar Wilde, so of course it does. And it's about this guy whose name is Dorian Gray. And a quick thing before I get into the whole synopsis that I'm going to give, it should be called The Portrait of Dorian Gray because it's about a painting and not a photograph. So Oscar Wilde, if you listen to my podcast, which I'm sure you do, please, please go back in time and change it to portrait instead of picture because it drives me insane. Anyway, this story follows Dorian Gray, who is, I wanted to say, our hero, but he is actually also the villain and... I don't know, he's sort of a garbage person. And it's basically about how in his drive to stay young and fresh forever, he ends up putting his sins onto this painting of himself and sort of becoming an immortal that has his sins portrayed back at him through this painting. And there's a whole bunch of twists and turns and it's really, really good. And you'll probably have to read it for some lit class eventually. But honestly, I have rave reviews about this book. I could talk about it for so long. There's so much good stuff in there. There's a lot of symbolism, um, especially with the flowers. I'll say this, there's this part where sort of our main corruptive force, Lord Henry, is standing underneath a laburnum tree at the start of the book. And it turns out that tree is actually a poisonous tree and so it's basically symbolizing the fact that Lord Henry will end up being a poisonous force in Dorian's life and oh it's just that's just the first one of so many it's it's so good I talk about it more but I've got to move on to my next favorite book which is the absolute page turner of the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton probably saying the last name wrong but the book is amazing. Um, it's about this guy who wakes up with no memory and comes to find that he is in this sort of nightmare realm, I suppose, of different characters who have basically been invited to like an 1800 style party. And there's a murder afoot. So he basically has to solve the murder. But the big twist is that he every day wakes up in the body of a new guest of the party and of the manor. So he has to go through the same day of the murder over and over and over again, eight times, hence the name, each day looking through the eyes of a different person at the party so that he can piece together what exactly happened to Evelyn Hardcastle, who is the eventually the murderee. And it's, again, an excellently well-written book that I absolutely adore. It's got a lot of twists and turns, and there's so much that you think you know, and then it turns out that you don't know anything at all. And, oh, it's so good. My third and final book recommendation is Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. This book follows the exploits of an angel, Aziraphale, and a demon, Crowley, and how they have to stop the apocalypse, but they are incredibly incompetent and cannot do it at all. And it also really begs the question of, is holy good just as bad as holy evil? Like, are the angels really any better than the demons? And it's also got a lot of funny stuff in there. It's it's excellently written. It's got some comedy splices in there, but some also really tender moments. And there's a TV show that came out um, last year, and it is phenomenal. I rant about this book and the TV show all the time because it's so good, and it holds a very dear place in my heart. 
as do the other two books, to be honest. I think those three stories are absolutely some of my favorites. Each of them holds a very special little nook in my heart, and I think I have learned a lot about writing from them as well. From Oscar Wilde, I learned a lot about how to use symbolism and how to hint at things through colors and non-conventional means like flowers. The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle showed me a lot about, you know, writing those twists and turns and how to make the viewers think one thing is happening when really there's 600 other things that could be happening. And Good Omens really taught me a lot about how to write, well, A, really wonderful characters because Crowley and Aziraphale are, they're so stupid. And that is why I love them, because they have so many chances to stop Armageddon and to take control of what's going on, but they just don't because they are oblivious and everything happens around them despite them being the main characters. Also, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse are there and also David Tennant and Michael Sheen are in it. So there's absolutely nothing to not love. Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett are very talented writers, as are the others that I've mentioned. And oh, it's just all so good. So Thank you for your question. Again, long-winded and full of things that you didn't need to know, but those are my three favorite books slash stories. I know that was what you were asking was stories, but those are stories and they're wonderful. So if you're looking to add to that reading list, those are three books that I would recommend checking out. They're all fairly fast reads and they're all excellent. As I've said before, I could talk for hours about all three of those books. And a bonus one is my favorite favorite podcast is actually Welcome to Night Vale, which funny enough is the entire reason why I actually thought about getting into radio in the first place because I was like, hey, I really like that podcast. And yeah, it's sort of taken over a major part of my life. But your fourth and final story is Welcome to Night Vale, the podcast, but also they have a book by the same name, the book It Devours, and then they're coming out with a new one, which is The Faceless Old Woman Who Secretly Lives in Your Home. Long title, but I'm hoping it'll be a good book because I feel that Jeffrey Craner and Joseph Fink are very talented and good at what they do. So there you have it. Those are my four story recommendations, and I have talked for so long that I'm going over time. So apologies. But there you have it. Those are some things to listen to and to read. I hope you enjoyed, and thank you so much for your question. That is all the time I will talk today, so thank you so much for submitting questions. Once again, if you want to submit a question, you can do so at Peyton, P-E-Y-T-O-N, at storyarcark.org, and I will talk forever about the things you want me to talk about. So, hey, win-win. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it, and I hope you have a great weekend. Unfortunately, we won't see each other for two more days, but that's all right. I'll be back with a bang on Monday. Don't worry. So for now, I bid you adieu, and this has been COVID Operation. I've been Peyton Zignego. Stay safe out there. I'll see you on Monday. Paint and tapioca, over and out.